You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Let's take our Bibles this evening to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. And uh, that's probably where we'll stay for the entirety of the message. So let's find our place there in Mark chapter 10. And I always count it a privilege to be able to preach behind this pulpit and thankful for Pastor and uh, his family and for this ministry. I'm thankful for y'all as our church family. Uh, I've said it before, but we don't, uh, we don't have any relatives, blood relatives close by. But uh, God has given us such a tremendous church family, and for that we are very thankful. And uh, so thank you for your constant outpouring of love and your prayers for uh, myself and for our family. Mark chapter 10, and we're going to start in verse number 46, toward the end of the chapter. Mark chapter 10, verse 46, a familiar account in Scripture. We'll read through it. And then I'd like to take some time tonight to break it down and uh, see what we can apply from the spiritual truths we find in this passage of Scripture. Verse 46, the Bible says, And they, which was Jesus and his disciples, came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. Verse 50, and he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus and Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Lord, I pray that you'd help us as we get into this passage of Scripture. As I looked at it this week, it's just amazing what you can uh, pack into just a short passage of scripture. And I'm excited to share with uh, your dear, dear people tonight what you've uh, shared with me and shown me through your word. God, I pray that you'd help tonight uh, as we open and prepare our hearts. I pray that we'd receive what you have for us. May we leave changed and encouraged and ready to serve you and finish off this week strong. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Blind Bartimaeus. What a name. I can almost guarantee you that uh, if, if we were to be alive in this day and time, and we were to be around Jericho, that area, and people were to know Bartimaeus, those two words came hand in hand, blind Bartimaeus. Someone said, oh, did you see Bartimaeus out there by the highway side begging? Oh, you mean blind Bartimaeus? Oh, yeah, yeah, that guy. It was blind Bartimaeus. Tonight, as we look at blind Bartimaeus, it's amazing as we have insight into our own uh, being and our own needs. And so as we look at this passage tonight, we find Bartimaeus. I want to just break it down. We're going to start with point number one if you're taking notes tonight. First off, I see Bartimaeus's condition. Bartimaeus's condition. Look with me there at verse 46 again. 
And they came to Jericho as he went out of uh, Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. I see three things here about Bartimaeus. Number one, the obvious. He was blind. Okay? We find that Bartimaeus was blind. What does that mean? He could not see. As a matter of fact, this affected every aspect of his life. Can you imagine just for a moment to be in Bartimaeus' shoes, to have that condition to where you could not see, not even a ray of light, the world around you was pure darkness. It affected how you got around. It affected, uh, it affected your employment. We find here that uh, his, he didn't have employment. It affected his food. It affected his clothing. He could not get things for himself. He had to depend on others to help him because he could not see. He was blind. I also see that Bartimaeus here was by himself. He was alone. So we look at his name specifically, Bartimaeus. Bar means son. In the Greek there, that bar, it means son of. So when we say that Simon Peter was, or Simon Bar-Jonah, he was the son of Jonah. We find here that Bartimaeus was the son of Timaeus. Bar-Timaeus. You know what Timaeus means? It means honored. So I started to think about Bartimaeus. And I wonder, how did he get to the point where he was that beggar on the side of the road asking for money, asking for food? As I look at his name, it, it lends to the fact that maybe Bartimaeus was one that came from a wealthy family. Maybe his, his, dad, as his dad's name meant honored, that he was part of an honored family, a respected family in the community. And could it be that just because of Bartimaeus' condition as a blind man, that his family said, I don't want you to be a part of this family anymore. Bartimaeus had experienced what it meant to be by himself alone. You see, Bartimaeus didn't just feel alone, he was alone. My daughter Emma, when she's not feeling well, She'll get in her moods and she'll sit on the couch and I'll be sitting next to her and she'll start crying. And I say, Emma, what's wrong? And she says, I want you to be next to me. And I said, Emma, I am next to you. And what she means is I want there to be no space in between us. I need you, Daddy, right next to my side. She felt alone even though she wasn't necessarily alone, but could I say that Bartimaeus didn't even have someone to sit next to? He was alone. And then we find the next B there. He was begging. He was blind. He was by himself. He was also begging. That reminds me of my other daughter, Olivia. <laughs> and may I just go on record to say tonight she is the source of most of my illustrations. Olivia. <laughs> Olivia loves food. She loves it. She knows where we keep food. It's in the pantry. As a matter of fact, just yesterday, we've been talking about it a long time, as Grace and myself, and we finally got one, a lock for the pantry. Yes. And these locks have come a long way. I mean, this lock, you can't even see there's a lock on it. It's on the inside. And this lock is so fancy, it has a little magnetic key, and all you have to do is put it in front of where you have the lock on the inside, and it unlocks it. It's like magic. It's really cool. 
And so we put that on the cabinet for the pantry. There's two doors there. And uh, I wish I was there. Grace had told me about it when I came home from lunch or, or maybe for dinner. And uh, she said, you should have seen it. Olivia, she was just throwing a fit. She was trying to tug on those doors. And it was like the end of her life had come. She could not get the pantry door open. She loves food. She loves, she loves any time, any opportunity, any opportunity she has to get food. As a matter of fact, she wakes up in the morning and the first word out of her mouth is food. And she goes to where Grace has already prepared breakfast on the table and she just goes to town. Well, sometimes, and those of you who are parents understand, and maybe, um, maybe wives who have husbands that get this way, I admit this is one of my faults. There are times in my life where if I go without food for a while, I become hangry. And uh, Olivia, she is a daughter after daddy's own heart, and she gets hangry. As a matter of fact, today, she took one of Grace's nice styrofoam, decorative pumpkins, and she, was, she must have been so hungry that she took several bites out of that thing. I mean, that thing was just all chewed up. And I thought, good night, Olivia. You're acting like we don't feed you. I mean, come on. And Olivia can beg and beg and beg. And we, we do. We provide food for our children. But I, I wonder, thank you, Pastor. I wonder tonight as we go back to Bartimaeus, he was legitimately begging. He really didn't know where his next meal was going to come from. He really didn't know if he was going to be able to get by another day. He was blind by himself, begging. Could I give some application tonight? We too are, were blind. As a matter of fact, when we didn't know Christ, we were blind to our sin. Spiritually blind. We were blind to our state. We didn't know that we needed a Savior. We were blind to it. As a matter of fact, we were just going through life thinking, well, this is it. This is life. It doesn't get any better than this. And might as well just live it up now because there's nothing to look forward to. We were blind spiritually, just like Bartimaeus was. Not only that, but we too were by ourselves. The world, I tell you what, they can offer so much, can't they? The world can offer you riches. The world can offer you fame. Make a name for yourself. But as soon as they get what they want from you, they cast you out and leave you for dead. That's the mentality of the world that we live in. We, too, were by ourselves. As a matter of fact, if you try to live for riches, Proverbs 23, 5 says, Wilt thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away as an eagle toward heaven. Could I say tonight that we, too, were beggars? We may have been begging for the wrong things at, at a certain point in time before we knew Christ. We were beggars, didn't know how to help ourselves in our sinful condition. But tonight, we have to recognize, just as Bartimaeus did, we have to recognize our condition tonight as sinners in need of a Savior. Amen. Number two, not only do I see Bartimaeus' condition, but I also see Bartimaeus' cry. Look with me there at verse 47. And when he had heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him to, that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Could I say about Bartimaeus' cry, it was a call on Jesus. As soon as Bartimaeus knew his condition, and he heard 
that the Savior, he heard that Jesus was passing by. He cries out to the Savior, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Why did he call him son of David? He knew that he was royalty. Oh, he knew that he was the Messiah. He knew that he was in the lineage of David. And he calls out and he says, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. I also see the charge from the crowd in this cry for, uh, as Bartimaeus cried out. What was the word from the crowd? What was the word from around him? I believe that it was, it was probably some people that were walking with Jesus. Don't you think? I mean, he was walking out of Jericho with his disciples and with the great crowd. And it could have been some in that crowd that said, hey, who are you? Oh, beggar, please hold your peace. Don't make such a scene. Don't embarrass yourself. Just be quiet. And it's kind of like, here's another illustration about Olivia. You take your children to the restaurant and your prayer is that they just make it through the meal without throwing a fit sometimes. And there are times. Now, we haven't had this problem with our other children, but God makes everyone differently and uniquely. And Olivia is the one that likes all the attention. And so we have Olivia, and, and we went to Saku Sushi the other night. And I tell you what, that place is incredible. If you've not been there, you should. If you like Japanese food, it's in Rocky Mount. All right, so we went there. And, uh, you know, we, we got to the restaurant, and they gave us probably one of the nicest tables in the restaurant. I mean, it was a nice, big table, spacious. It was just us and our three kids. And they sat us there and, and had these really decorative, nice bucket chairs. And I tell you what, we were having a good time. Olivia was thoroughly enjoying her soup that they brought out right, in, uh, right away. And, and that's a blessing, too, in case you're hungry. Just eat the soup. And uh, Olivia was having a good time. Well, there came a point where she was just kind of fed up from sitting down in this chair. We're trying, you know, she's in that stage between a high chair and a real chair. Well, you know, there's accidents that happen. Well, that was one of those nights, right? And, and she, was, she was the one. She wanted to push away from the chair and, or from the table. And as she did so, the chair falls back. I'm trying to catch it with my foot. Imagine we're in the restaurant and she's in slow motion falling down with the chair. And uh, she starts crying. And, and we had other people from other tables coming up to try to lend a hand. And I thought, man, this is embarrassing. And then a couple minutes later, you know what happened? Emma also did the same thing, except she went forward. And her face went to the side of the table and then fell down on the floor. And she was crying. And so she was making, uh, uh, and, and rightfully so, it sounded like it was painful, okay? And, uh, but she, she began to cry out. I could just picture here with, with my children, I could picture Bartimaeus. Man, he's, he's crying out to Jesus, Jesus, now son of David, have mercy on me. And everyone's like, shh, be quiet, please don't make a scene. I mean, Jesus is passing by, and I know he's, you know, he's getting well known, and, and he's on his way to Jerusalem, and just leave him be. And as Jesus starts to get further, can you picture it with me? As Jesus starts to get further and further away, Bartimaeus, as he's trying, everybody else is trying to quiet Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus hears that the crowd is getting more distant, and so he starts to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, and more and more, and he's trying to get his attention. And it's a cry. It's an intense cry. That's a compounded cry with urgency. Why? Because Jesus was passing by. It was a time-sensitive opportunity. And Jesus, he knew that Jesus was the only one that could help him. 
He was the only one that could possibly heal him of his blindness. And so he cries out, and this cry was with urgency. He didn't let those around him shut him up. In fact, he did the exact opposite. We got to realize tonight that as sinners, we realize our condition, but we've got to cry out to Jesus. He is our only hope. You want to be healed of your sinful condition? Jesus is the answer. Call on him. The world will try to quiet you down. They'll try to tell you, hey, don't make such a big deal about being a Christian. Why are you so excited about going to church? Just can you settle down just a little bit? But those of, you, of us that, that know Jesus, those of us that have experienced the joy that Jesus brings, you can't be quiet about what Jesus has done in your life. You can't just simply get by and say, oh, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll try to be more quiet and more respectful. I tell you what, we should be respectful, but it doesn't mean we should shut our mouth. We got to be a witness to this world. We got to be a light to this world. And so we've got to cry out to those who need salvation. If you don't have salvation yet, you should cry out to the Savior tonight. Today is the day of salvation. There's an urgency to tell others about him. Number three, we're going to move a little bit quicker now. I find in verse 49, Jesus' compassion. I love this phrase here. Verse 49. Here it is. And Jesus, what did he do? Stood still. As part of Mace is crying out, Jesus, don't leave me. Jesus, Jesus, have mercy on me. And as Jesus is walking away from that beggar there on the road, he stops. Now, I don't know if... Bartimaeus knew that Jesus had stopped in that very moment because he was blind. But I wonder, as Jesus stands still, and as Jesus started to walk closer and he said, hey, go ahead and, and, and tell Bartimaeus to come to me. It's amazing that Jesus had compassion to where he stopped because why? He heard the cry. Amen. Aren't you glad that we serve a God who lends his ear toward us? Aren't you glad that when you have a need and whether your need is salvation tonight or you just have a need and maybe in your family it's a financial need, it's, a, it's a, an employment need, whatever it is, did you know that you can just lift up your voice, you can cry to him and guess what? The Bible says he inclines his ear to us. I'm so glad that we serve a God who will stop and pay attention and answer our prayers. Jesus had compassion on Bartimaeus and he can have compassion on us too. We understand that Bartimaeus, at this point, he was still sitting. And so as we get to Jesus' command, which is number four, I'll continue to read in verse 49. Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. I love this, because in my imagination here, and as I understand the scripture it probably was those, those individuals who said, oh, Bartimaeus, shh, Bartimaeus, don't make such a scene. And then as Jesus stood still and he looks over and he says to those that are trying to quiet Bartimaeus, hey, call Bartimaeus to me. And so those that try to quiet Bartimaeus go, go over to him and say, hey, Bartimaeus, you can stop crying now. Bartimaeus, just be of good comfort. The master's calling you. Jesus is calling you. We see there that Jesus' command, his command was to those who tried to keep Bartimaeus quiet. Their response was, be of good comfort. Your cry has been heard. Your answer's on the way. Go to Jesus. He's calling for you. And just as we call out to Jesus, Jesus calls on those who call out to him. James 4, 8 says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. 
Number five tonight, I also see Bartimaeus is coming. Look at verse 50. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. There's a lot in this short verse. First of all, as, as, as we come into Bartimaeus' coming, we find that he cast away his garment. I wonder what that was. Maybe it was the garment that, like a cloak or an outer coat. It was probably something that maybe kept him warm. Something that he used for a covering. But as Bartimaeus stood, he cast away this garment. It's almost like the security blanket. This is my comfort zone. I'm okay. Everything's all right if I'm in my comfort zone. I've got my security blanket. For Olivia, it's her little Rue. If we misplace little Rue, she won't go to sleep at night. She needs Rue. That's her comfort zone. And as Bartimaeus cast aside his garment, I wonder if that was his comfort zone. That was his security blanket. And he said, you know what? I don't need this security blanket anymore because Jesus, the Savior, the Master, the one who can heal me of my blindness, he's calling me right now. I don't need this security blanket. I'm just going to go ahead and step out of my comfort zone because Jesus is calling me. We see here that uh, Bartimaeus is starting to come and, and uh, come to Jesus here, and, and he left his comfort zone. I also see that. What did he do? He arose, said, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. You know what Bartimaeus could have done in this very moment? Messengers, can you please tell Jesus, I am blind. And if he's asking me to come to him, you realize that I might stumble. You realize that I might fall. Have mercy on me because I am blind and I cannot see to get to Jesus. He didn't make any kind of excuse here. As a matter of fact, he just obeyed. Jesus was calling him, so what did he do? Cast aside the garment, he rose, and he came to Jesus. Tonight, if, if we're going to see Jesus work in our life, what do we have to do? Step out of our comfort zone, rise up, get some action behind the words that we always talk about, and then we can go to Jesus and we can be obedient to him and see what he does with our obedience. It took faith for him to rise up and go to Jesus. He was blind, but yet he did. He obeyed. As he comes to Jesus, we find number six, Jesus' question. You may be wondering, you just ruined your outline. Question does not start with a C. And you're right, but it does sound like a C, so we're going to stick with it. Jesus, his question. Look with me there at verse 51. Jesus answered and said unto him, What will thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. In other words, Jesus was saying what? Bartimaeus, how can I help you? Wasn't it obvious, though? I mean, he was blind. I picture Jesus waiting for Bartimaeus as he's stumbling, trying to get to the Savior. And as he finally gets to Jesus, and Jesus asks Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus, what can I do for you? And Bartimaeus, he could have said, can't you see? <laughs> I can't. As a matter of fact, I think it's pretty obvious, and why don't, why don't you just go ahead and heal me of my blindness? I made it this far. Jesus, why don't you just do what you're supposed to be doing? You're the healer. Help me out. No, but he, he spoke with reverence, and he said, Jesus. He said, Lord, that I 
might receive my sight. You know, we understand that Bartimaeus had other needs. And with that question, he could have said, Jesus, I could use a good hot meal right now. Jesus, I've been wearing these clothes for years. My family doesn't even give me any clothes, and they're well off. I could use a nice pair of clothes right now. But he knew that if he solved his blind issue, that it was going to take care of everything else. Could I say, if you get to the point in your life, and if you haven't trusted Christ as your Savior, you understand that once you let Jesus come in, everything else is going to be taken care of. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. God will take care of you. Bartimaeus responds with the right answer. And Jesus, you understand that Jesus desires to have everyone saved. He he desires that everyone would accept this gift that he's holding out. As a matter of fact, he's asking that question to everybody. But not everybody is answering him. The application here is Revelation 3.20. Behold... I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. You know what Jesus is doing in our life? Let me in. Hey, how can I help you today? I want to help. I'm offering my hand. I'm actually knocking on your door right now. Would you just open so that I can sup with you, that I can help you, that I can meet your needs that you have? And so Jesus' question is extended to us and all we have to do is answer Tell it to Jesus. He's waiting for you to talk to him. Number seven tonight. I'm trying to move a little quicker here. I've got eight points. We're almost there. Almost there. Bartimaeus' completion. Look at uh, verse 52. Continuing on here. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Bartimaeus' completion, but because of his faith in Jesus, he was made whole. This miracle, it was instantaneous. At that very moment, as Jesus said, hey, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole, the Bible says immediately Bartimaeus received his sight. How did he receive his sight? It's because Jesus said, thy faith hath made thee whole. Thy faith? Faith in whom? In Jesus. Why did he go to Jesus? Because he had faith that Jesus could help him. He had faith that Jesus could heal him. He had faith that Jesus could save him in his sinful condition. And so we have that Bartimaeus is finally healed as instantaneous. Did you know that when you get saved, when you got saved, it wasn't a process. It wasn't you just keep on doing this and this and this like a prescription. And then certain amount of days down the road, then you will experience salvation. No, the Bible says, call on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. The Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the Lord shall be saved. And so it's instantaneous. It's right when you make that decision, right when you answer Jesus' question, he saves you. It's an instant. Notice here that as Jesus says and heals Bartimaeus, he says, Bartimaeus, go thy way. So Bartimaeus, I'm going to heal you and you're free to go. But what does Bartimaeus do? It says, and immediately he received his sight and what? Followed Jesus in the way. Isn't that amazing? Man, that just fires me up. You understand tonight that when Bartimaeus received his sight, he said, Lord, I don't have anywhere else to go. Jesus, you know that you just healed me. I don't want to do anything else with my life than to follow you. And so he followed him in the way. 
Tonight, Jesus doesn't make us follow him. We understand that. When you choose to get saved, he saves you. But he's still giving you a free will to follow him day in and day out. The question is, are we willing to follow Jesus every day? As Bartimaeus follows Jesus, we ought to be inspired by that, realizing that, hey, we've got to live the Christian life by following our Savior as we have. Follow Jesus is our theme for the year. I want to end with this. It's number eight. Bartimaeus' story in context, okay? Our last point. Bartimaeus' story in context. We can take that story and say, wow, that is awesome. That's incredible. You know what's also more incredible? Is putting this passage in the context with what's around it. A lot of times you can take a verse out of context. You can make it mean a whole different thing if you don't know what the verses around it say. And here as we look at Bartimaeus' story, what's going on before Bartimaeus' story? Like before they go into Jericho. Well, you know what his disciples are talking about? Hey, Jesus, James and John, Jesus, just have a request. Could we, uh, you know, one day in glory, could we sit on your left hand and your right hand? You know what they're arguing about? Who's going to be chief among them? Man, I wonder who's the greatest. I mean, I know Jesus has 12 disciples, but I wonder who's the greatest. And they're talking amongst themselves. Well, I tell you what, I'm, I'm close to Jesus. As a matter of fact, uh, I was the one that said, you know, one laying on Jesus' bosom, like I was really close to Jesus. And John, John had it all down. And, and Peter says, no, I, you know, I, I was pretty close to Jesus. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, I was with you, James and John, when we went up into the mountain and Jesus was transfigured and we saw, we saw all that God did there and we heard uh, God the Father's voice and it was an amazing thing. We must be probably one of the top dogs in these 12 disciples. That's what they were talking about. And Jesus comes to them and he says in verse 44, right before our story, whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all. For even the son of man came not to be ministered unto but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. We find that as Jesus is teaching his disciples how it's better to serve. You want to be the, the top dog? You want to be the chiefest? Humble yourself. Serve others. And then Jesus, as he's walking with his disciples, comes across the beggar. Bartimaeus, calling out for Jesus. And Jesus has the perfect opportunity to practice what he just taught his disciples. I also look at what's coming next. You realize that as Jesus is leaving Jericho, he is on his way to Jerusalem for the last time. As a matter of fact, as soon as we get into chapter 11, we find that triumphal entry as everyone's praising and worshiping Jesus and, and saying he is the, the king of kings. I mean, he is, he is it. We're so happy that our Messiah, our commander, is coming to take over and to rule and to reign. And not long after that is when he was rejected and when he went to the cross for you and for me. I wonder if, as Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, on that road, and as he's walking, he sees Bartimaeus there, and he's thinking in the back of my mind, uh, of his mind, man, in just a little while, I'm going to be nailed to a cross. In just a little while, I'm going to become sin for the entire world. I'm going to spill my blood in just a little while to pay for the sin debt of humanity. And he sees Bartimaeus there, and he has compassion on him. And he's willing to take time out of his schedule as he's going to give his life for all of us. 
to help Bartimaeus in his condition. It's an amazing thing as we put it all together. If Jesus were to have time to help someone on his way to the cross, I wonder if we can kind of reconsider our agenda, our schedule, and our day. Could we have time to help others and show them the love of Christ just as Jesus was able to help Bartimaeus? You know what's amazing? I'm going to end with this. We'll be done. There's something else that happened on that road from Jericho to Jerusalem. You know what happened? On that same exact road, there was a man who was beaten, mugged, left for dead. And we have that good Samaritan. Yeah, the priest stopped by. The Levite stopped by. But it took a good Samaritan who had no reputation to take care of someone who was in need of help on that road. And as we see the correlation, it, it just shouts out to me, hey, we got to take some time to help somebody. we got to take some time to show the love of Christ to a lost and dying world. I wonder tonight, what is the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart about tonight? There's a lot of truths we can, we've talked about, and, and I, I know there's even more that we could discuss about Bartimaeus' story. Could I ask you, are you saved tonight? Do you know if you die today that you'd go to heaven? Are you saved? Are you sub, uh, serving others as Christ has served you? And are you surrendered, just as Bartimaeus did, to follow him? Bartimaeus was willing to exchange it all. He didn't have much, but he was willing to follow Jesus for the rest of his life. I hope tonight that the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart about something. As a matter of fact, I'm just glad I'm saved. I'm glad that Jesus set the example for us. We can show the love of God to those around us. Roanoke Rapids, our community. I pray that we do that. Not just get so busy in our agenda, in our schedule. Take time to share Jesus with somebody. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.